0: Here's Carrie Parrish, who's going to talk to us a little bit about how she utilizes SEL strategies.
1: What I really enjoyed about what you are going to hear today is how she connected it to the lives of her students and it became very practical in terms of um, real world relevance. You know, she had a lot of really great ideas about how to not only
0: have good relationships between teachers and students, but also students and students, and using very specific SEL language to emphasize key ideas. So let's take a listen to the amazing Carrie Parish and what she has to say on SEL.
1: Welcome to the Teach in 10 podcast. I'm Corey Schwarzrock, a teacher and division leader at Cary Grove High School. And I'm Steph Suko, a teacher and instructional coach at Cary Grove. We're
0: so excited to share different strategies and best practices that are being used across the district
1: in 10 minutes or less. Teach in 10 is all about celebrating great teaching and amplifying the voices of the amazing teachers we have here at District 155. For this
0: podcast, we're focusing on social emotional learning through a series of different lenses.
1: So today we would like to welcome Carrie Parrish. She comes to us from Crystal Lake Central, and she's going to be talking to us about her work with SEL. Hi, I'm super excited to be here.
0: We like to get started with all of our guests by asking them for a random D155 fact.
2: There is no pool underneath the school. Like when I first started, that was a rumor that kids had that there was a pool that used to be underneath like the auditorium. That is not true. I love it. Yes. So how long have you been at Crystal Lake Central? I like to tell people that I've been here longer than 20 years because when you start getting when you start adding to that, then teachers and students start asking when you're going to retire. And that stresses me out because I love my job and I don't want to think about that.
1: Absolutely. I can understand that. I love that you're still so passionate about teaching and education even 20
2: years in. Because it's changed. Like what I do on a daily basis is totally changed from even when, within the last five years. When
0: thinking about your topic, can you tell us why you were interested in it and how you implement social emotional learning in the classroom?
2: I guess I've always been interested in social emotional learning. Um, As an art teacher, a goal is to really try to connect students' lives to their work. So for me, I was assuming that everybody was making those connections and building relationships in their classrooms. And working towards those things, but as an instructional coach, I am now realizing that it isn't necessarily as easy for everybody else to kind of connect their content with students personal lives as much as I guess I can. So I have that luxury.
0: You talked a lot about the idea that in art you have different opportunities to really leverage students' passions. And now as an instructional coach, you've gotten to see so many different disciplines. So what are some strategies or ways that you've encouraged other disciplines to to leverage some of those great things that you can do in art?
2: I would say the very, like the easiest thing that you can do is start with step one and is really working on those relationships. But it doesn't just end with kind of building a relationship with the student. It also is about working with building relationship skills. Kids don't know how to come in and say good morning, talk to the people at your table. I think sometimes teachers think that it's only the relationship of them with the student. And for me, it's about my relationship with the student, but it's also about their relationship with each other, which I think is important because we do a lot of work in our teams, meaning our tables. So I've changed a lot of the language that I'm using in my classroom to be more career friendly. Um, And a lot of the SEL things that I talk about in my classroom are directly from Castle, like I'm a firm believer in, you know, using those five competencies. But I also am the first person to tell the students that those are the things that will get you a raise. If you have good relationship skills, if you can manage yourself, if you can self-reflect, chances are you're going to be putting yourself in a good position for a raise. And this is a place where you're practicing that skill set.
1: Excellent. I love how you're really giving them the why there. You know, you aren't only connecting it to the present moment, but you're also going to kind of pull them into their future and hopefully make that that experience even more meaningful.
2: Yes. I'm trying to make the connection that everybody when they leave here is going to have some type of career where they are going to have to work with someone, where they're going to have a boss that's going to tell them something. And is that something... We talk in my room about, is that a question you can ask your boss or is that a question you should ask a coworker? I really want them to get into tapping into their teams before they just expect an answer from me because they need to know how to ask a team member how to do something even though they don't know that person. And my situation is a little bit unique because my classes are freshmen to seniors with a varying level of experience. So freshmen that come into my VAT class, which is a level one course, are also could be sitting in a team next to a senior who has had a lot of work experience, who has had a lot of that experience. And they're trying to figure out how to navigate, how do I as a freshman kind of fit in? So I try to mix and mingle everyone and I move my seats very frequently not based on behavior, but based on the fact that it's important that they all get to know each other um, before they leave the class.
0: Carrie, I love how you are giving students skills not only to have good relationships with teachers, but also with each other and how to collaborate. And that is amazing life skills. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got started on that journey or what led you to that that process in your classroom?
2: I don't even know how many years ago I started running um, a peer so like a partnered peer support group with the school social worker. And I was able to develop very different relationships with students in that peer support group and found out how valuable those relationships were when I had those students in class and to be able to help those students advocate for what they needed. I guess that was maybe the starting point. That became such an important part of what I was doing. When I did my master's study, I ended up doing a case study of our group, peer support group at Central. So not what you would think of a master's in, but I found it it was so valuable that I thought other schools should be able to see this model and be able to emulate that model to support students.
1: Have you found that you are teaching these skills more explicitly or implicitly in the classroom? Explicitly.
2: We talk about what I should see when you're working in groups. Um, we talk about you only raise your hand in a building at school. I said, unless I, when I'm in a meeting, unless I'm super excited, I say, you're never gonna see me raise my hand. You're going to see me wait look around the room give eye contact and kind of wait for my opening i'm not just going to always be raising my hand if i agree with the speaker we talk about how we're going to be shaking our head right looking for those skills so that if you are in a meeting or if you are in a training um what that body language looks like so people kind of how they're going to perceive you which ties directly into kind of that being like self-aware of your body language and what your body language is telling the people around you.
0: That's amazing. You know what, we are running out of time. Can you really quickly give us a 30-second piece of advice or a tip for a new teacher and how they can get started on incorporating these SEL skills in their classroom today?
2: I would say consistent language and really using the language that you want the kids to use. Use words like be self-aware, talk about like the relationship skills and then consistently use those skills or that language when you're discussing those skills so that the kids kind of make the connection between those things.
0: Amazing. Carrie, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your expertise with all of us. We'd like to thank our audience for listening too and if you've
1: enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment and let us let us know. Don't forget to subscribe if you'd like to be notified when future episodes drop each episode will be full of easy to implement best practices shared by the teachers who are doing the actual teaching. We are so excited to continue to have good conversations with our amazing teachers here in D155 because our mission is to highlight and amplify the amazing things that are happening in our classrooms. Please
0: help us expand our reach by leaving a rating or a review wherever you're listening to our podcast.
1: And if you are a teacher at District 155 and you'd like to be a guest on the show, or you know someone who should be, there's a contact form on our podcast page. Thank you so much. Thanks, Carrie. Thanks Bye, for joining us.